Hello and welcome to Build Back Better, a series of online conversations from For the Region about the future of South West Wales. Hello and welcome to Build Back Better, another online conversation from For the Region. As you know, our weekly podcast covers themes around the future that we all want to see for South West Wales. And a big theme of ours is collaboration and connection with all the amazing people and organizations that are already doing such great things across our region. So today I'm delighted to be talking to Vicky Moller from the Pembrokeshire Community Resilience Network. Welcome Vicky, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for inviting me. So the Community Resilience Network set up during lockdown. Tell yeah. us about that and uh, yeah, what have you been doing since March in this strange yeah. and difficult year? Yes, yeah, so um, as soon as COVID struck and we all woke up to a new world, communities rallied and all over Pembrokeshire, little groups of people set up to support their neighbours. And I and another colleague organised Zooms for the coordinators every week. And this is a very valuable thing to do for us to get together share strange notes and share problems and ideas and just have a debrief really and then as time went on we got speakers coming to talk to us on things we want to know more about and then as Covid advanced we started to talk about the world we wanted to emerge into and there's a general feeling that we wanted to come into a world which was sweeter and greener because we just experienced that but also more based on community support and the things that really matter rather than consumerism and one of the themes that people were particularly aware of and worried about was local food, food security and food supplies. And they wanted to relocalize their food supplies. And so we put on some very big Zooms with farmers and businesses and locals and, and organizations. Actually, five of them all together were put on. We put on three and two happened as a result of the, of the others in three counties on this theme. And they're all amazingly well attended. The Keredig and 156 people. At that one, we had a team and we made sure that we invited farmers and as well as environmentalists and community activists and people with a stake. And so we had 17 breakout groups and there was mainstream farmers and everyone, environmentalists and everyone. And as you probably know, there's been a lot of pain and conflict between the farming interests, environmental interests, a lot of misunderstanding, and farmers have felt very beleaguered and, and um, actually hurt and, and, and at bay because they feel that society is accusing them of destroying the environment and intensive farming is destructive of the environment and they have no choice in order, to, in order to survive to move in that direction. We've seen the small farms wiped out one after the other. But this is an opportunity for them to really bear their hearts to each other, share their common goals and explore what could work that could cross and enable farming to be sustainable for the farmers as well as for nature and the community. And there was an intense discussion. There were 17 breakout groups. I'd spent a lot of time training the facilitators in dealing with conflict and arguments. None of them were needed, which was, it was more like a sort of great coming together of long lost friends. It was actually quite an emotional experience to quite a few farmers and they sent some very powerfully worded words of appreciation afterwards. But the, the richness of ideas that came out took me actually days and days to sort of sift them. So every time I tried to sort them one way, there was more, so I had to sort them another way. <laughs> we did find, you know, shared themes. And then, as I say, there were several of these conferences, not just one. We then picked up one of the themes which you could do something about. 
easily, which was land for community growing, for community use. It wasn't the only theme, it wasn't even one of the main ones, but it was a common theme. We found then through surveys and through talking to local authorities that the demand for allotments and community land had absolutely soared. In one area of Pembrokeshire alone, there's 200 people on a waiting list. So it's really not good enough in a rural county that we can't do something about that. So the Read West has developed a conversation with the local authority. We thought we'd have to shove the door, but instead it was pulled open and we were pulled in. So we were meeting weekly with them for the last uh, three weeks. We're going to continue the year uh, to enable a handover of land to enable us to meet some of this need and then if we can do it well it more can be provided so that's one of the themes of the resilience network is looking at land for locals where there's a need for it we've talked a lot over the last few months about you know that huge culture shift that happened when suddenly you know normality was thrown up into the air and we were all suddenly much more aware of where our food was coming from and so many more people wanting to grow their own food and as you say access to disused land in local communities is a is a real challenge and and yeah. it's hopefully one that we can really capitalize on with this opportunity of so much more interest and and did you say that Pembrokeshire Council's attitude to local growing had changed as a result of lockdown and that they've been much more supportive? Well, their attitude has changed towards community empowerment and they're very proud of this change. They're not hiding it. They realise that they can trust the community to do things for, for itself because it did. <laughs> and I think everyone woke up to that fact. They don't have to control and fear them. I'm not saying they only did that, but that we've had a difficult culture historically here. But that has shifted and the trust has been born. We need to run with it. And yes, certainly they, they have become aware. And in fact, the local development plan was about to be adopted in the Pembrokeshire part, the council part, and they put it on pause to look at more land, which is unusual and um, an achievement of many letters. We did write letters, we encouraged letters, but also their own evidence. Yeah, so that's good. In fact, one of the areas in North Pembrokeshire, in Kilgarran, has already started. They already started clear land they've been given. And there's some lovely photographs of the work. Lots and lots of people have been doing on that piece of land. So I'm so glad when something actually starts, not just an idea. <laughs> Yeah, I'm very impatient. Yeah. I get frustrated. <laughs> I know it's easy to get frustrated, yeah. but sometimes these change-making projects just they take such an inordinate amount of perseverance, don't they? We're working with a community group in Carmarthenshire, Incredible Edibles, and yes. we're looking at a piece of land next to Clenetley train station. Right. And, uh, you know, none of these things are a quick win, but so worthwhile in the long term if we can uh, yes. make some headway. Really interested to hear about your conversation with farmers, particularly mainstream farmers and the farming unions. And, you know, what were some of the main themes arising yeah. out of that conversation yes. what, what would farmers like to see is it about you know our reliance on big supermarkets or what would what would they like us to be doing to support the farming sector across our region well I, I can say what they thought should happen and yes supermarkets were an absolute bane because they have far too much power and that is a, a massive problem which we don't know how to fix overnight but that's definitely on, on, the, on the table is something that needs attention. So there was a cry to make good farming, sustainable farming work. And good included family farms, mixed farms, traditional farming, skilled farming, nature-friendly farming, carbon sequestering. So that was how good broke down. And there was a 
very major call for education and they didn't just mean in schools they meant farmers need educating the consumer needs educating people need to learn learn from each other and with each other from the across sectors and uh, training and education came out as a major theme which was not entirely what i expected and uh, along with that there was a cry for government to be so much more joined up so that education isn't separate to the land and and health isn't separated from the land but these things are all seen as one so how our food is produced and how we relate to the earth beneath us is connected to all the other well-being elements and there was also a call for innovation and cooperation in a way these things all overlap of course but new ways of doing economy new ways of organizing new ways of deciding on funding and, and looking at technical innovation as well and using the best research and the best knowledge I mean I could go on but there was page there's 14 pages of it <laughs> so I won't elaborate anymore but it, it, it was very rich pickings <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, demonstrates the importance of these conversations that I know you guys are facilitating and that we're trying to facilitate as well, where you really bring yeah. together people from different walks of life, different sides of the question um, to share perspectives exactly. and really listen to each other. And we find that, you know, new ways of working, shared priorities and shared visions of the future emerge from those really inclusive and listening conversations so it's really yes. exciting to connect with what yeah. you guys are doing as well there was that amazing map wasn't there drawn up showing Pembrokeshire sort of kindness the outpouring of kindness across Pembrokeshire during yes. lockdown and so many little projects so I suppose your network is helping to support all those sort of spontaneous community groups that have grown up trying to support local communities and, and connect the dots, make sure everyone's working together. Has that been an important Yes, piece? so that was how we started, by connecting those dots. But then PABS took on that mantle and the community hub is also linked to that. So that is happening outside of our efforts. It's happening by, you know, through others, which is fine. But yes, that's how we started, by connecting the dots. And then the other really big news in Pembrokeshire mm -hmm. over the last few months has been the creation of the Penali refugee camp. Tell us about that for those of us elsewhere in the region that haven't been yeah. following that story. Yes, so we were setting up as a resilience network, which means enabling communities to meet challenges and threats and difficulties. But we didn't anticipate this one that just landed on our doorstep. It, within, I think, five days, there was between about five days between announcing they're going to occupy army barracks in a little village, 800 people in the furthest remotest South Pembrokeshire with asylum seekers. And then within five days, they were arriving. It was just, everyone was scrambled out rooms were cleared, um, it was a rumour and then it was happening, it was that fast. So the authorities on this side of the border were all shocked, even the MPs weren't told and they're talking. <laughs> I mean, they obviously were told eventually, but they had no control, no say, it was an overnight sort of invasion, if you like. And of course, people reacted uh, two ways, quite split, you know, one side were, were angry, dismayed, frightened, um, outraged that they had no say. And they said, look, if you'd brought a few families, we could have helped. We're not unkind people. We're not uncompassionate. But this is ridiculous. 200 guys, you know, from foreign parts and strange cultures and in, in this horrific sort of army barracks. And another group of similar size sort of swoops in to sort of say, we can help, we can help, what, what can we do? Here's clothes, here's coats. And it was chaos. And there were protests and counter protests. And the army barracks are extremely severely grim. You know, they're 
barbed wire netting, hard ground, uninsulated Nissan huts, leaky showers, there's water on the ground, it's it's tough and grim and the guys are not happy. So what we did as a resilience network, we helped the men set up their own organisation, introduced them to the, the old tradition, working class tradition actually, the constitution, which was born in the industrial revolution when workers needed to get organised to do something about their plight. <laughs> And uh, it, it transposed beautifully. They took it and ran with it. Within the first meeting, they had a you know, treasurer, secretary, vice chair, chair, and uh, six subgroups were forming. I can't remember what the sixth one was, but I can remember five. And they was, because no one was allowed in, they'd set up their own teaching groups. And within a week, they had four classes a day in the afternoon. Uh, an hour per class, different standards. And they've just found teachers that they who were teachers there and some who weren't but were trying. And then they got an art class, which is very popular. And they were painting to music <laughs> really fast. <laughs> There's some beautiful art. They've had an exhibition. And, um, and then a music class has started recently with some given people who I spoke to gave five guitars. And so they just have five guitars so far, but they would like to get more, more people involved. And there's and also the uh, other organisations have set up respite days out, sanctuary days out, and that goes well. And so the team inside draw up the lists, and I set up volunteering in the community, which is great because they go out and do some energetic work outside, of course, because of COVID, you know, chopping wood or whatever, digging or, <laughs> and then yesterday, no, sort of Saturday, we had ended with a football match. And two of the guys actually were in teams in their own country and everyone was really wowed by their skill. Everyone had to up their game. Oh. <laughs> and um, there's another guy who, who actually played for Iran and said, I want to come to the next one. So I've just put him in touch now with a football manager. And um, oh, I mean, so it's amazing. So 200 single men arriving yeah. with no notice into this grim army barracks in a corner of Pembrokeshire and don't you think it's fascinating that what you've what you've described there in, in helping them to set up an organization with a bit mm. of a structure isn't it like a microcosm of what a resilient community is you know it's it's very much looking inwards to say what have we got what skills what talent what abilities what resources have we got in this community we haven't got much we're here away from our homelands we've landed in this strange part of Wales we haven't got much but no actually wi between <laughs> us no wi-fi between us yeah. you know mm. actually when we really look haven't we all got so much to contribute to help our neighbours to help each other isn't that a microcosm of, of what we'd love to see communities doing all over yes. the region Yes, and because of them coming out to help and work on people's smaller holdings, quite a few of them said, well, I've got a, a barn you could stay in, you know, so people are being offered accommodation in small numbers, of course, because it's, you have to relate to people in small numbers, you know, you can't relate to 10 people all at once, but you can relate to two or three, you know, and then you get to know them, yeah. And do you think the stories mm. that are coming out of your work in the camp are helping local people across Pembrokeshire to make sense of and come to terms with the arrival of, of this invasion, as you refer yes. to it? Yes. Well, I don't know what everybody feels. I think most people still, most people inside and outside of the camp think it should be shut because it's too grim and inappropriately placed. But um, I know that in, in trickles, there are many people getting to know the people inside and befriending them. I think maybe 60 or maybe 80 have individual friends. And so, yes, that's happened. 
happening in an evolutionary process. So what turns the angry protests of petered out and, and the support and friendship is, is gently growing or steadily growing. So what else are you working on then, Vicky? It sounds like you're really active in the local community. There's always more work that needs doing than there is time and resources to do Well, the, the, the really big thing which we have yet to really embark on is business resilience because it is the businesses that hold us together, really, the independent businesses, and they're under threat from every side, especially from the corporations who are so powerful. And we all are guilty of supporting the corporations. And it, it, yes, so they were the backbone during COVID and they are our best hope of a secure future. And they are under threat from Brexit and from the impoverishment of the country through the debt we're in and multiple insecurities generally. Trade deals, we don't know what they'll be like. So I'm very worried about their future. I'm very worried about the export-import arrangements and I'm really keen to build their strength and resilience, linking them with communities, with local government, because local government and funding has this awful view that businesses should never be funded and yet who, the, who, who are the, you know, in a town or a village, if you're in need, the only people you may say, see is the people in the local shop. And they do social work as well as supply the businesses. And, and I would like to see them far better valued and, and to build, take down the, the barriers between this, the voluntary sector, the business sector, local authority sector. So that's, that's a, a challenge, which we don't, I don't know the way forward on it, but you know, we need to ask questions and find the way forward. Yeah, absolutely. The, the way forward will emerge, won't it, once you start mm -hmm. sort of talking to businesses. Yeah. Pembrokeshire in particular is just a tapestry of micro enterprises mm -hmm. and, and small SMEs. Obviously, the tourism sector has just been a disaster area this year and who knows yeah. what next year holds. So, yeah. you know, bringing businesses together to talk about how they can support each other and how we can all support our local economies better. I just think it's such a, a key issue. But really, you do want to hear from businesses themselves about the challenges and the opportunities yes. that they see. Yeah. Yes, yeah. things have to grow from within. You can't force it. You know, I, I've had a few times opportunities to hold a big one of those Zoom meetings with different sides, but there's no team in the middle who actually belong in that place. You can't force these things on people. And, and I'm interested in the big green renewable energy projects happening in Pembrokeshire because they could serve the local businesses. I'd like to see that happen. I just emailed now to see if we could start the ball rolling on that. But yeah, I don't know the way forward and that's looking for help. <laughs> Well, we're delighted to welcome uh, the Pembrokeshire Community Resilience Network on board as a new member of For the Region and um, likewise come on board as a, as a member of your organisation. Fantastic, yeah. And hopefully as, as we start collaborating more and linking up our networks, these kind of conversations become easier to convene and we get a broader diversity of viewpoints in the room and get everyone working together. And I think that is the key to resilience, isn't it? It's actually how well connected are we? Do we know who else is around? If we sort of map our strengths and our assets 
Um, and are we all aligned in sort of working towards a shared goal, a shared vision? I think it's really exciting. So yes. what, what will you be looking forward to in 2021? What would you love to see happen, not just in your own organisation, yes. but broadly for Pembrokeshire, for South West Wales? What are you looking forward well, to? Well, I'd really like people to see that another, another future is possible and to see it as a reality, not just a fu- set of fine words, but as actually see how it could happen. So through the, see, see the basic basically just beginning to glimpse the landscape of a resilient, self-reliant, inclusive, but also innovative and exciting new world, which is based on local areas. I'd like that to be a normal thing for people to see in all of because the, the population of Pembrokeshire is much more politically awake than most areas. Whether they're always awake in the right direction is quite another matter, but they're not asleep. <laughs> I mean, I have done my share of canvassing and I've seen the change in people's awareness, wakefulness and some of the big campaigns we've had with it to save the hospital, which may not have worked, but it has woken people up a lot. It's a foundation to which we can be more sort of um, self-determining, independent and self-determining, which would be nice. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with all of that, really, Vicky. And it's a yeah. big year, isn't it? 2021, we're looking at the upcoming Senate elections. And as you say, yes. you know, People are really interested and aware, a bit more aware about politics, but it can go either way. You know, one of the things we're worried about is this rise in populism and the kind of politics of division and setting us all against each other. And I think in a way, a lot of these networks and these conversations that we're hosting start to try and combat that, isn't it? And and remind people that we have so much in common and actually such a shared interest in making sure we bring everybody with us and no one's left behind. And some really exciting opportunities for our region. You know, we always say, why shouldn't South West Wales be, you know, a beacon in terms of the creation of a well-being economy, putting renewable energy really high on the agenda? We have everything here, don't we? You know, as you've already mentioned, the kindness of the people and all the natural resources. So, uh, yeah, finding more people up to that vision and that that mission. Mm. Yes, yes, yes. I don't align myself strongly with left or right, because when I listen to people, I feel that people who are classified as right wing actually have authentic concerns, which I sympathise with. And some of the people who then attack them for those concerns make me very cross. So I'm probably the most un-PC person. Yeah, but we're you know yeah. we've all we've all got to work together and yeah, see, each exactly. other, see each other's point of view. That's uh, exactly yeah. Well, it's been great to talk to you and to hear about all the amazing work that you guys are doing in Pembrokeshire, and very much looking forward to how we can collaborate in twenty twenty one. And uh, yeah, thanks for your time coming on and speaking to our audience. Yes. And just before we finish, Vicky, give us the website address for anyone that wants to look up the Resilience Network. Yes, it's Friedweith Community Resilience. It's all one word. Friedweith is Welsh word for network. Great. Oh, thank you so much. Lovely to talk to you. Lots yes. to do. And uh, yeah, thanks. Have a happy Christmas in the meantime. Thank you all for tuning in and listening to another conversation from us here at For the Region. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Vicky Moller as much as I did. It's inspiring to see that there are loads of us right across South West Wales working to connect our communities and make great things happen. Tune in again soon for another episode of Build Back Better. Bye for now. Bye.